there was an idea to bring together a remarkable group of Marvel Crisis Protocol players to see if they could give something more to the community. The Christmas Present Initiative. Last Christmas, we gave you the 18 days of Christmas, one for each affiliation. This year, we're doing it bigger and better. Not just every affiliation, but every leader will get their own episode. 33 leaders, one massive present to the MCP community. Hello and welcome to another Christmas episode of The Danger Room and I'm joined by Alec aka Smart Alec. How are you doing Alec? Doing well, how about yourself? Yeah, very well. And who have you come to talk to us about today? Uh, today we're talking about Red Skull, Master of Hydra. So that's the Hydra affiliated Hydra leader Red Skull, right? Correct, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, well, why don't you give us like the elevator pitch? What is it about Hydra that draws you to them? How do they go about winning a game? Uh, to me, it's more more the theme of Hydra, just the in-game mechanics of mad scientists really drew me to them originally. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah, I, I, I played Alchemist in Guild Ball, so we love throwing conditions around. Mm -hmm. uh, the way they win is, it's probably more... more attrition than control, I'd say. Um, especially uh -huh. this list I've brought today. Um, Hydra has a lot of different weird tricks up their sleeve um, to help them get an advantage or make your opponent play differently. Mm. I, so they're almost, I would say almost like um, like Spider-Foes have their, their traps and uh, ways to confound your opponent that way. They have similar ways to annoy your your opponent mm, okay should we dig into the leadership then because that's part of it right sure yeah so so red skull red skull's leadership uh is world domination uh where during the power phase allied characters gain one power if they are holding or contesting an objective token uh some things to note is that if you are standing within range one of an extract that's on the ground you are contesting that objective token so you will get that power. Um, this is most notable in uh, Senators, where after you search a safe house, it goes away. But if you find the Senator, the extra safe houses stay there. So just like Miles' leadership, if you happen to be standing on one of those uh, safe houses to search, you'll get a power in the power phase. Mm. That's a great point. I always um, have told people that we should leave them there just in case, and there's never been particularly relevant. Because uh, I think people have this kind of thing, oh, we found the senator, let's take away the others. But now there's a really good reason to make sure they stay on the table because it's relevant when you're playing with this particular leadership. So, yeah, great point. Um, are there any other particular things you want to point out about this leadership and positioning? Um, my biggest concern when using this leadership is that my opponent can stop me from, uh, you know, using it if they have a way to push or throw me off of secures i'm planning on being on uh they can stop me from getting power mm, yep is there any way of because this seems like a leadership that's designed to not be triggerable in round one is there any way to get it in round one uh you can with a a large base the 65 millimeter characters on d and e shapes so if you deploy those characters exactly in line with that close scenario piece 
you will be within range one. So Zoom. you have to be a little bit careful. You know, this means you can incinerate your Hulk on demons um, on the first turn. But Sounds you can bad. also accidentally get power from Cosmic Vaults. So hopefully you remember to backstop your uh, your character if that happens. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but then like back Gamma, that's probably a good one, isn't it? That you can happily sit on that or the hammers. You can also pick up the hammer then, can't you? So you can get the power to pick up the hammer for free and still have all your power available to do whatever you want to do with those big base characters. So that's... Um, a, a nice little, nice little thing to to see because I think most people think, okay, I'm just not gonna, it's not gonna happen round one. But there are a couple of situations where that is definitely relevant. Right. Okay. So let's dig into the affiliated characters then. Who are the ones you're bringing that are Hydra affiliated? Uh, the ones I'm bringing are Red Skull, Master of Hydra, Baron Strucker, Baron Zemo, uh, and in this list we have the honorable mention of Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's basically Hydra, right? He even has uh, the word on his card. Yeah, Hydra Tactics, for sure. Um, okay, so is uh, is there any particular core that tends to be more common uh, in your in your builds? Because you've got four, you've got three threes there, plus a, a five threat leader. That feels like a kind of, you're regularly going to be having an 11 threat core. Do you often go for 14 then? Um. It depends. I could bring all of them, but it, it more depends on what characters I'm looking for on a given um, in a given game. But I'll always bring Red Skull and Baron Strucker. Um, in Interesting. Okay, because I thought you might be saying I'm always going to bring Baron Zemo. So what is it that draws you to Baron Strucker over Baron Zemo? He has a leadership, and I don't need to pick which leadership I'm using until after both players are done deploying. Mm -hmm. So I can pick which one I need based on what my opponent has also brought. Okay, that's cool. So then let's dive into this, because I think probably the received wisdom is that Red Skull leadership is pretty good and Barrow Strucker's leadership is maybe a little bit situation, a little bit more situational. Is that your experience or is the is it more kind of 50-50 in your mind? Um, it's more 50-50. I think overall just in games with Hydra, I've ended up using Struckers more. Um, it's... But I think that's based on what I've played into more. Mm, um, okay. So can you give us an idea then? What kind of thing would you be thinking about Red Skull's leadership versus what kind of thing would you be thinking about Struckers' leadership? Uh, I've often had Red Skull's leadership as the, the backup, the second one, if I mm -hmm. don't need Struckers. Um, the... I would be more likely to use Red Skull's leadership when my opponent is not giving me conditions, uh, if the scenario isn't giving me conditions. Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, with the two split Cs, Red Skull is just fine. Um, if my opponent is more likely to just go, seems like they're going to go all aggro. Hang on, more likely to use Strucker's leadership to try to get some little like incidental healing in there. Yeah. Um, but if there's just more scenario pieces, more objectives on the board, it's more likely that Red Skull is going to give me power, so I'm more likely to use it. I just want to wind back a second there. You said that on the split Cs, both of which hand out conditions, right? One is poison, one is stun. 
you're saying you would take Red Skull on those over Baron Strucker. Uh, yeah, for me that one's a fifty-fifty as right. well. So, so the obvious synergy is with Strucker because if your opponent moves the uh, secure onto your characters, you'll take a damage and get a condition that you can then yep. pass off to your opponent and heal back the damage. Yep. On Red Skulls, if someone uh, moves the <laughs> secure onto your characters, you're going to get take a damage, take a condition that's going to hurt your power economy. But then you're going to get the Red Skull leadership, so you're going to get the power anyway, because mm -hmm. they put you on the secure. So in those situations, they could also choose to, you know, just not put it on your characters. You won't get the Red Skull leadership, but you're also not getting the detriment of whatever your opponent is trying to give you. Interesting. Okay. So Strucker is your number two simply because of the flexibility of leadership that it gives you. Correct. Yeah. Uh, is there a situation where maybe he doesn't make the team because you're playing, I don't know, um, uh, Hammers and Gamma or something, and there's just no conditions lying around? Uh, I would still bring him. Um, he has better dice than most characters, just because mm -hmm. of arrogance. Uh, so yep. I still like him in his own right. He also brings Incinerate on his own. Um, so I just like him as a character, especially as a three-threat. Affiliated three, especially. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like him a lot. I wasn't expecting you to tell me that you like him better than Zemo, but uh, that's cool. It's good to have uh, a perspective from someone who's played a lot of games with them. So uh, that's a surprise to me. Um, so what makes you then, so for our third character, what makes you choose Zemo over Winter Soldier or vice versa? Uh, if I want someone who's, you know, fast, speedy, can get in there, if I can use my rerolls, I will prefer to bring Zemo. Um, and sometimes you need that, you know, striker kind of character, long range and fast. In other scenarios, you just want someone that can sit back and shoot. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where Bucky comes in. And I guess that kind of depends on which other characters you're bringing in. If you've got another character you want to sit back and shoot, then you probably don't want two of those. Correct, yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool, okay, well, let's let's dig into then who are the other characters that are rounding this out, and uh, is there one character, one or two of these characters in particular, who see more table time than others? Uh, so I'll start with the obvious ones, which are mm -hmm. Black Cat, Doctor Voodoo, and Hulk. Um great characters you see them everywhere they're good here too yep um then i also have baron mordo and ghost spider uh and my last character right now is okoye uh, as a two threat option um i've also used bullseye bob toad in this spot all of them are are fine it's more as what you're trying to do mm -hmm. but bob's an interesting one i guess uh because he's affiliated, right? He is, yeah. So he can help you get to some specific point values if you mm -hmm. don't, if you need it. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Because he's. I, I, will say like... with, I will say with Bob that he, under Red Skull leadership, is the are the only times where I've had the option to load a second rocket and shoot it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I can see that because he sits back. Gains a bunch of power. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, it. Uh, I haven't actually needed to shoot that rocket before, but 
it's it's fun to have that option. Hmm. Um, so you say of your obvious choices, are there, is there any one character that you found has been hitting the table more than others? Um, I think Ghost Spider is is hits very often. Um, part of that is the secure plan I'm bringing. Um, but she's just often there. All right, well, let's dig into that. What are these secures and how does she tie into them? So here I'm bringing uh, Riot Spark over Extremis, Terrigen Clouds, and Mayor Fisk. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to bring in a, a tactics card here, uh, but with Red Skull and his Grunts both contesting secures, if you have priority and get one of the two split C secures, you can move the Grunts onto one of them and then Red Skull onto the other, and then you can play World Domination, uh, which is the Hydra-affiliated card that was had the day zero errata to it, where if you secure all secure objective tokens, you can play it and you get a victory point uh, and power to every character you control for every two secure objective tokens you are securing. So it's one so, power for each character on those split Cs. Yes, and one point. And the point is massive for sure. That is cute, actually. Yeah, as a top of top of one play, activate the grunts, move them on, activate red skull, move them on get a victory point, and a power, which turns out, oh, man, that is really good, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So, yeah, that, that seems like a really strong open. So the biggest problem with this opening is suddenly your five-threat leader is sitting in the middle. Um, and that's where Gwen comes in, because if you deploy her uh, right in line with that, she'll be able to lifesaver Red Skull if your opponent decides to go all in on him. And you've just given her a second power, so she's got the power to do it. Oh, exactly. brilliant. Oh, yeah, that's great. That, uh, that totally makes sense. Okay, that synergizes really, really well. Um, how have you found then, when you put that threat out there and you've got these, uh, particularly Red Skull, how do your opponents tend to respond to that and how does that play out across the rest of round one? Um, it depends on my opponent's plan, a lot of times they will, it, it, it's a little bit of a cop out to say that it depends on the opponent. Some yep. people will end up forgetting that, oh yeah, your Zemo can now charge. Um, mm. Or that Black Cat can walk up and stagger. Or Bucky can Hydra Tactics. Or Bucky can Hydra Tactics and shoot twice. Yeah. Mm. Um, other people will be better at playing around it and uh, sometimes they'll just try to send a bunch of their forces over to the grunt um, sometimes they'll send things over to, to red skull typically I find I'm deploying red skull last so my opponent has less of a say of you know who's going into him um, mm -hmm. there there are some situations where he's quite fragile uh, and that's mostly into people who can pick their energy or mystic attacks uh, mm -hmm. or have both. So this is your Doctor Stranges of the world uh, where he he doesn't like to see. Or magic um, is someone else who can really have his number. Yeah, okay. Um, so what about Riot... So the split Cs totally make sense now. Uh, what about the Riot Sparks over Extremis? Why is that in there over, I don't know, um, Cosmic Vault, say? 
Uh, sure. I, I, well, one, I like the threat better. Um, 17 is easier to, to make with this specific roster. Um, you just bring Red Skull and four threes. Uh, but the, the other reason is that the Grunts can interact with the Secure for free. Uh, which means they get to heal someone within two, and then on Red Skull's activation, he can again heal someone within two. Mm, yep. That's nice. Yes, the different activations. Yeah, that, that works out really nicely. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, let's flip it over to Extracts then. I'm hoping you've got equally uh, nefarious plans for Extracts. Uh, not quite, but I do have uh, Montessi Formula Founds, Hammers, and Spider Infected. Uh, and yeah. You know, your spider infector gives you a whole bunch of things for Red Skull's leadership. Is there a reason yeah. not to go for cubes as well? Um, I like spider infected better because every it's limited one per character, so mm -hmm. my opponent can't scoop them all up in one place. Um, like a Malekith or something, yeah. Right. Okay, that makes That's sense. The reason. Uh, uh, the reason for the other two is they give me that home secure that a large base hulk in this case that's who i have uh can get the power off on the first turn yep yeah that checks out so that's what we were talking about earlier um okay so maybe if we so am i right in thinking then you win priority you're probably picking secures yeah yes yeah because yeah, then you only need 15 points to win the game and not 16 sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. sounds good um what about, so are there any extracts? Is there any thoughts? Then you're playing Montessi and Spider Infected, which have this uh, odd number of extracts, but your opponent has priority and therefore they maybe are going to be better at getting three of those five or two of the three. Is that how it plays out? Or have you got threats that stop them from doing that? Uh, yeah, that does. Uh tend to happen. I did uh, often bring Mystique with Deception to pull people in if they tried that. Uh, here I bring Face Me as well still, uh, which Hulk can play right away. Uh, can pull someone with that. I do have Black Cat and Voodoo in the roster, so they can help uh, you know, steal back that errant objective, so to speak. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. So you've got at least some some tech in there for when that happens. Um, is that a, a, a uh, are you giving away something for bringing in those? I mean, voodoo. I mean, voodoo is you're not giving away much to bringing in voodoo. But black cat doesn't quite seem to be playing towards your attrition game plan as much, which is kind of where you were in, inclining, saying you're slightly more attrition focused than you are maybe control or scenario focused. Yeah, that's fair. Um, she certainly doesn't usually help with attrition. Um, she'll help with staggering my opponents, which is great under Strucker. Uh, you know, get that extra healing off. But yeah, she's mostly just a, a long mover extract stealer here. She's not going to be putting in the work, so to speak. Mm, okay. So we've, we've talked about uh, characters and crises. Let's, let's swing around to tactics cards. You've already mentioned world domination. What about the other affiliated Hydra cards? How do you feel about those? Uh, so technically the only other affiliated card I'm bringing is Inevitable Betrayal. 
but I am also bringing Sleeper Agent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. That's not affiliated, but it kind of is, right? Yeah. Um, Sleeper Agent is mostly for Hulk, who gets real nasty when your opponent can't brace uh, or bodyguard his first attack. And if he happens to kill someone, well, then they continue. They still can't bodyguard. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So is that an every game on Hulk? Uh, Pretty much. Unless there's another card I feel like I I need as my fifth card. Um, but otherwise, I think Sleeper Agent on Hulk is... It really pays off, even though it doesn't look like it uh, can do enough. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yes. There have definitely been times where, you know, I've thrown a Malekith into a Juggernaut and my opponent can't brace and can't reduce on Juggernaut. Um, or just using Smash on a Sentinel and throwing them into another Sentinel and your opponent can't brace still. Or reroll. I don't remember if uh, Prime lets them reroll dodges, but, you know, turns off all, basically all reactive rerolls. Hmm. Um, so what about Inevitable Betrayal? Is that an every game card? No. Um, it's a sometimes. It'll it'll sometimes make the, the roster. Uh, the hard part with Inevitable Betrayal is that it helps your opponent play better. Uh, if they remember it's there, they're going to start attacking those Hydra characters with lots of threat. Or lots of power. Uh, which means... You know, you, you typically want to remove your opponent's characters that have lots of power before they can do anything with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, neat, neat thing is that if you sleep Agent Hulk, who often has a lot of power, he can then play the Inevitable Betrayal, uh, which does come in handy sometimes. That's a nice synergy there, yeah, for sure. Okay, let's go on to Restricted Cards. Uh, I'm bringing Sacrifice and Follow Me. But uh, I can see an argument for advanced R&D as well. Um, I've never been a huge fan of Brace myself, so I just don't end up bringing it. But I could see using it if, if that's uh, something you like. So which of the two, then, are you replacing with any of those alternates? Follow me. Yeah, so sacrifice is core and follow me is the, is the second. Yep, I just, every time I play sacrifice, it pays off in dividends. Yeah. Um, Something to note, though, if you're sacrificing onto Red Skull, uh, he will not get his Leviathan armor dice because they say you roll additional dice when defending against a specific type of attack. Yep. So, because sacrifice, you can't add additional dice or modify dice, so also cover is a thing. Yep, right. good rules point. Um, and so, follow me. Who are your typical follow me targets? Who are you following on to en enable? Uh, typically it's Strucker playing it, um, or someone else who has gotten a glut of power. So it could be Zemo, or it could be Bucky. Zemo usually wants to use his power, so he doesn't usually play the card. Uh, but Mordo, Hulk can all, can all play it just fine. Mm -hmm. And then who are you enabling with the extra followed on activation? Uh, Red Skull. Is is often the one, uh, or Zemo. It it depends on who, who is nearby and needs to uh, finish someone off. Gotcha. 
Um, that makes sense. Do, uh, how often, because with a five threat leader and a often, maybe if Hulk's coming in as well, it feels like you're not going super wide. Follow me can often be very good for attrition teams that are going a bit wider to make sure they're retaining priority. How often is that a consideration when you play it? Uh, it is. It. I mean, every time you play the card, you need to to look at if you're going to keep priority or or not, mm. um, or if it will help you retain priority. Yeah, because um, you're you're hoping to take out a character, which inevitably might lead to a point where priority swings the other way. But this can help right. you retain it. What it helps is sometimes you can take out two at once. Um, and still keep the priority. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But mm. going four wide at seventeen with a Hulk is acceptable. Yeah, yeah. I guess it, it also depends what you think you're going to be facing as well, doesn't it? You haven't got any of the Red Skull character tactics cards in there. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, most of them I just haven't been impressed with. Um, Endless Legions, the one that lets his grunts survive longer doesn't really do enough when they're free grunts that you get to bring back into play. Uh, and especially when your opponent can push them wherever they want, even towards them, just it seems really easy for your opponent to displace your, your grunts and get power off of it even more. Uh, the occult research I've tried um, a lot, and the Big problem is the power cost. Um, even if you do successfully get to ten power, usually after your your days and you flip over from your injured side, the trouble is that for ten power you can do a lot of other things. So you could spend her twice if you need to try to throw size four models, or you can use two gauntlet boosted builders and still have the power to use follow me. And I think those other options are much better. They just do more for the 10 power. Uh, and then his beam card, Victory Assured. I would probably do that if I was uh, trying to kill Red Skull to use the other Hydra card, the um, Two More Shall Rise, to get two other leaderships. If I'm trying to suicide Red Skull to get two other leaderships active at once. And that's not something you like the the a, a plan to build around to make to like commit Red Skull heavily, have him get killed so that you can trigger that. That's not something that appeals. Um, I'd try it. I probably wouldn't try it competitively though, Fair. and I'd probably make sure to bring Strucker and probably Malekith because that's the best other Cabal or Hydra leadership. There's not a lot of space for rest of models in the team, then, is there? Right, you're already at 15 threat, and so I guess at 17 you can bring in Bob, um, but it's really only for high threats, and then you're losing one of your four or maybe five models, yeah, uh, including the grunts. So it, it seems generally not worth the risk, but on game night I'm sure it'll be fun to, to bring yeah. out, and if you actually get it off, you get this uh, really mad scientist uh, you know, feel going on. Yeah. I can also see it be difficult trying to get people to focus on Red Skull when you're threatening them with a Malekith as well. Right. Um, typically, if you're playing those two models, you're probably going to want to be Cabal-affiliated anyway. Um, mm. 
because the Malekith leadership helps Red Skull move and get power, which um, he'd rather just be punching twice anyway. I mean, it might be exciting to kind of explore that game plan with Sin, but maybe Sin isn't good enough when that plan doesn't work. Yeah, I don't... Like, I guess her leadership is probably fine as a second leadership, you know, if you have something else to... Um, that's more guaranteed. Uh, I just am concerned about her survivability with only four health on the front side. She seems like she'll she'll probably die before uh, Red Skull does. Yeah, that seems a concern for sure. Let's dive into the other ones then. You've got some some kind of staples here, but then there's a couple interesting ones. Um, what what else are you bringing? Uh, in tactics cards, I also have fallback, recalibration matrix, uh, face me I've already mentioned, eyes on the prize, and mission objective. So the one that always jumps out at me is eyes on the prize. You must have some sneaky shenanigans you're going to do with that, right? Uh, sure do. I mean, it's it's very basic though. <laughs> uh, Red Skull can use his obsession to get two extra power. Uh, at the cost of the damage, so he'll do that. Play eyes on the prize, walk to a within two of a midline objective, pick it up, and walk away. Okay. Uh, that's not. It's not something I do often, uh, mostly because when I have priority, I want to bring my secures, and I have this plan for the split seas anyway. So I already have another thing that Red Skull is going to be doing. Um. There is, isn't there? There's a there's a real corner case here, where you get given you you get your riot spark on extremists. Oh no, man, that doesn't work, does it? I was thinking Red Skull might be able to get an extra power off the secure and then go and pick up two legacy viruses. Doesn't quite work out, does it? Yeah, it doesn't work out. Yeah, ah, big enough to to get yeah. the, uh, the bonus power. to get the round one power. But, but how about Hulk? It, it, Hulk could do something similar, right? Um. Yes. Three power plus a bonus one is four. One fries on the prize. Yeah, Hulk could do it. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure he has the distance to get there. I haven't tried. Ah, yeah, we want to do some maths on that. But that's also definitely a situation where my opponent needs to bring, be bringing viruses, and we need extremists. Yeah, it's corner case, but I thought it was yeah. Just I'm always keen to try and figure out cute uses for eyes on the prize. Sure. All right. So, so listeners, go and check the maths on that because neither of us have done that. Uh, that's also why I was um, Red Skull's uh, obsession is also why I consider advanced R and D as an option uh, because he can get this extra power and then pass it out to the team early on. So, if you don't have a world domination play early, you can still get characters up to that two power. Well, the other thing that occurs to me is if you do have a world domination play, you can also put a round one steel double move cat online. Yes. Yep. That seems pretty good. I mean, that really yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, we're basically just playing Steve here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's some 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 similarities for sure. Uh, which is ironic, really, with Red Skull mirroring Steve in that way. It's it's good. It uh, it rhymes. <laughs> Um, 
Let's talk about some of the, the big boy meta. What are the, your thoughts in terms of character selection and card selection when you're going in, when you expect to see, let's say, Malekith across the table from you? Uh, yeah, I like characterize um, Black Hat and Hulk are, are great into them. Um, I like bringing Baron Mordo. Uh, so the big thing with him is he gives you more dice, which is something that works into Malekith, since you're not re-rolling. Um, and he can give more dice to both Red Skull, who counts blanks, and Baron Strucker, who counts skulls. So you're giving more dice to characters that already have better dice um, is the reason we're, we're bringing him here. Mm, okay, yeah, so you're, you're, the plan there is to attrition him down. Yeah. Um, Hulk can control him a bit, um, especially early on, you know, stops your opponent from using race for impact. Uh, can stagger and throw him, probably, with that Hulk smash. It's the typical things. Um, I would caution with, with Red Skull to be very mind you, mindful of your Leviathan armor. Your instinct is going to be on the dispersion field, which gives you the energy defense uh, all the time into Malekith. But I've found if you're on a clumped up secure, like say Gamma or something like that, or Researcher, which Malekith players seem to like to bring, uh, consider null fields, or at least give it a thought in the power phase. Uh, with Malekith's beam, if he sees you, if he sees your your Red Skull at two Mystic defense, he'll be more likely to beam and hit other characters and just get more attacks off with a single action. Um, and Red Skull will be um, will also get immune to collisions there, mm. which means if he chart ferocities someone and yep. throws them into Red Skull, I. It, you want to pick null fields in those situations so that your opponent's Malekith is still only getting two actions worth of, of attacks or damage off into you. Um, mm -hmm. Instead of the, like, yeah, it'll be juicy and Red Skull's probably going to, to die with his only two defense dice there. But <laughs> that's better than him dying anyway, uh, just to beams while, you're, while Malekith is dazing your other characters. Just while we're talking about Leviathan armor, have you got any tips both in person and on TTS for ways of tracking that? Vision came with a handy token, but Red Skull didn't. So how do you go about indicating clearly to your opponent which one they're on? So if you're playing in person, uh, Red Skull does come with a, a token. It's just like a Hydra symbol that's uh, yellow on one side and like blue or purplish on the other. Um, so that's how I keep track of it in person. Uh, in TTS, there isn't anything in the mod, and Vision's thing doesn't um, latch onto him. So uh, there's two ways I've done it. I've taken Vision thing and put it on uh, his token, Vision's token, and put it on the top half or bottom half of Skull's card. Um, that's fine. The What I prefer to do now is I take a uh, Shock and a Stun token and leave them off to the side next to him, and I'll put one of them on top above his card so mm. that it doesn't latch onto him um, and show yeah. him the condition but it will be near the card to show which one he's in. The idea there being yellow for energy and blue for mystic right? Yes, yeah exactly. 
Another thing I've done is in, in TTS, you can um, type text. So if you just type energy in Mystic just above the card and just put like a Hydra token and you can move it from the word energy to the word Mystic. So it's really clear for your opponent. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, we'll dig into the last few cards. Uh, Recalibration Matrix. Do you ever play that against anyone except Malika? Uh, sometimes I'll bring it as my last card, especially in a attrition matchup. Sometimes it'll yeah. just save you when you don't expect it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not a stickler for always bringing both your restricted cards. Um, no. I will often bring Sacrifice. It's just uh, maybe a crush or safety blanket of mine, but hmm. I like how that card plays. Um, and then from there, we, we see where we go. Face me and Mission Objective often get played together, sometimes at the same time. Um, fallback and mission objective is another good combo. Oh, sorry, I meant fallback. <laughs> ah, yeah. There we go. Yep. Uh, face me is mostly only when I need to chase someone down. I so I haven't been able, I haven't successfully done it yet, but I've been trying to get world domination off on D secures, and this is a spot where face me can have that extra little bit of oomph to help walk someone off of a secure so you are securing it mm. uh, and play the card for the two points and two power yeah and that that seems great if you can pull that off but you're right that does seem a lot harder than the plan you came up with which seemed like a like a slam dunk what yeah, about well, yeah it's definitely that slam dunk and you really the point is great but you really want the extra power on that first round yeah whereas if you're able to get it on a four four objective secure, you're really getting the value out of the victory points there. Mm. But you know, two victory points out of a card, there's not many cards that can do that. But yeah, it is much more difficult to pull off though. What about uh, on other crises? We've talked a little bit about D. What about like on a B crisis or on a uh, even an E crisis? Uh, the E's, I haven't... I haven't found world domination to be worth it. Uh, you d you can't get it off early because you have a hard time getting your opponent's home one. Um, on demons, you don't really want to be standing on them as much as possible. And on gamma, your opponent is doing the best they can so that you don't score their home. Uh, the B secures... I haven't really tried. It's too hard to rotate between the sides, so you need both sides yeah. to be doing fairly well for you. Um, yeah. So it, in those situations, it's kind of a win more card, which I don't hate bringing win more cards. Um, the trouble is, in those scenarios, you're you're likely like overwhelmingly winning anyway. That you don't need the extra bump of two points to win that turn. The only thing I can see is maybe it ends it around early. So you're winning, I don't know, bottom of three, which means they don't get their big clapback swing turn in round four, which might bring them back into the game and win them the game. So that's kind of a right where I can see it maybe have some utility. But you're, I, I can totally see what you're saying. Yeah, on C's though, um, you you can get it off. Not right away, but sometimes even round one, you can get it, um, get to play it immediately almost. Um, especially with Red Skulls, you move him up, take two of them, and then your opponent either needs to. It, it basically makes it so that your opponent needs to move someone to a midline 
every turn. Uh, and if they don't, then you get to move someone up and use world domination. Because you don't need to actually be controlling the pay to flips like if we were playing meteors. You don't need to be controlling them. You just need to have more contesting models on, right? Correct. Yeah, you just need to be securing. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so I have um, versions of this roster have Rot Sword instead of Riots, um, and that also helps with world domination if you're controlling them. You know, winning the, earning the the push that can help you get world domination uh, off on round two right away, as well. So it it helps out a little bit there. Just to check on those odd numbered uh, secures. Let's take um, sword as an example. Do you get two power and two victory points, or one power and one victory point? You do not. Oh, sorry. You get one. Um, the wording is for every two. So you you have a you have a pair of two, and then you have a third, which doesn't help towards a, another pair of two. So scoundrels as well. You would only get two, even if somehow you manage to control all five scoundrels. <laughs> yep. Uh, that one. As far as world domination goes, that's probably the worst secure for to try to use it. Yeah, it's the hardest um, to do, and you get the least like expected payoff for your work. Yep, that makes sense. Um, are there any matchups who you feel maybe uh, some of them stronger meta teams who you feel you've got a particularly strong matchup or a particularly weak matchup into? Um, if you're forcing yourself to play Red Skull every round or every game. You're going to have a bad matchup into Convocation and Defenders. I know they're not meta teams, uh, but that's just a weakness of the character. Um, the fact that they can pick between your, either in Defenders, pick between your weakest defense uh, every turn. Or in Convocation, they have a lot of Mystic and Energy Attackers. Or even Supreme Strange just being able to pick as well. Uh, he's really bully to Red Skull. Uh, it's also really hard to keep them safe into Convocation just because they have uh, Orb of Agamotto to place three and Astral Ring for that extra, like, reach. They're really... If they want to kill Red Skull, Supreme Strange will. So um, in those matchups, I've actually just leave Met home, which is another reason to bring Strucker so you still have a leadership. Yep, that makes sense. I guess one one final question then. If AMG was going to give you a Christmas present of a Hydra character that doesn't exist yet or a remake of one that does to make them a little bit better, what would you be asking for? Well, I would have loved Affiliated Bucky. <laughs> which is fitting, right? Yeah, so like Bucky the Hydra agent, which he kind of is yeah. already. But... Yeah, but I think I would say Hive. Um is a an interesting character that I I would like to see in the game at some point for Hydra. Mm. Um, and if people wanted to maybe reach out and chat to you about Hydra or hear some more about you talking about Hydra, where would they? How would they go about doing that? Uh, I did do an episode with Omnis, so on Omnis Protocol, I talked about uh, the roster that I used to win the SoCal Open with, uh, and then I'm on. A lot of discords related to uh, MCP, uh, and my Discord is just smart Alec. Uh, my icon right now is is a picture of Zola from uh, the comics. Just his giant face. 
<laughs> He's a fun character. But he didn't make your roster, did he, Zola? He didn't. Um, I don't know. I've, I want to like him more than I do. Uh, he's just between being slow and being kind of dice dependent. I haven't, I haven't liked him. Um, mm. I, I now see why early on people were a little down on like Wakanda leadership, where you spend power and then reroll into not a success. I'm like, yeah, oh, great. What I spend that power for, which uh, seems what like what my Zola was doing most of the time. For sure. But then if you ran Zola, you could run the other fun card where you have to do the Yahtzee thing, right? Yeah, the um, the High Council. Yeah. Uh, it is a neat card. Uh, I haven't been able to pull it off. It's it's <laughs> another card like World Domination where you're, it makes your opponent play in a specific way yeah. uh, around the card. And if they don't respect the card, then you get to use it. You get this extra four threat character in play. Or they have to respect the card and end up playing suboptimally for the rest of the the game plan. So, um, as I was mentioning, you know, Hydra, like, kind of Hydra's tricky in that sense where they're they're forcing your opponent to do things uh, that they wouldn't normally want to do, and that helps with that plan. Mm. If I had Zola in here, I would have that card in my ten. Really, you would. Yeah. Interesting. Just because, not because you ever intend to actually play it, but just for the control it has over your opponent's order of activations and decision making. Yeah, I mean, and if I can play it, that's great, right? I don't think I'd mind pulling in, you know, a extra even Bucky or or Black Cat or Gwen in the middle of a round. Um, mm. You know, the the character doesn't come in with power, but if you get to kind of pick where the character goes. So yeah, you could totally combo it, and then you could maybe world domination because you now control all the skewers, and then they get power. Sure, yeah. Or um, I mean, we, are, we are living in magical Christmas land here, but that does yeah. sound fun. Uh, a little more reasonable is, uh, you know, you drop Ghost Spider in somewhere, and she can impact webbing twice and pull someone else. Um, yeah, or she's ready to impact webbing twice, and then she's ready to life save someone. Sure. Yep. That does kind of uh, ruin your whole uh, priority control, though, doesn't it? Is that a, fa that a factor, or are you just like, man, I'd just rather have the 3 threat character? Um, sometimes you just rather have the extra character at that point in the game, right? And they're, they're healthy, which is a, a big deal. For just sure. Like yeah, yeah uh, maybe. Grunt always being healthy is actually a, a big deal into mid to late game. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Alec, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Um, and I wish you success in the future with your Hydra nonsense. And have a happy holidays. Thanks, you too.